Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Bum, 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 ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. I'm pretty. I'm definitely thinking that we should go with an acapella opening from here on out. Dude, can you seriously take this? Serious right now. It is supposed to be your intro, but you came unprepared. I did not come unprepared. Well, you haven't go. let me talk. I gave you the opening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your co-host, Vanessa Markey, along with my host, Michael Markey, where the only statement we don't like is that we don't like blanket statements. Close that's, enough. That's the Whatever. only statement. I don't know. And our goal, our hope. Our passion is to change people's lives by changing the way they look at money. Because money doesn't have any meaning, despite what maybe some millennials might tell you. And it's not evil, despite what some millennials might tell you. It has purpose, though. It's a tool. And its purpose is to either give or to spend. So you, you and I were talking on the way into the studio today. And actually, you know something we haven't said in a while? Uh, since we've done this co-host thing, and I'm not blaming it on you. It's my fault. Right, because it's your show. Our show. But we haven't said thank you to producer Mitch behind the scenes with us today as he is each and every week. Recently married last year, too. Congratulations. So, doing a great job for us. We appreciate it. Um, but- and I'm sorry that you have to deal with us. <laughs> if you heard some of the outtakes... <laughs> But that being said, we were talking about a question that um, you had overheard earlier this week. Yes, since you've now turned me into a nerd and I listen to talk radio instead of music in the car. (laughs) Well, it's probably better for our children. (laughs) Probably, except for, yeah. Anyways, um, there was a girl who had called into another show um, and she had, her mom had passed away from cancer Mm -hmm. and she said that she was going to inherit $50,000 from her, but it was technically a chunk of her 401k that she had to split up with her siblings or something like that. So there was an inheritance with 401k. Yep. Was there a house? Yes. Was there equity in that? Yes. There was uh, about 150 in equity in the home. What about cash? Then, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm helping. I'm leading. (laughs) There's 150,000 in checking as well. Oh. And her question was, you know, basically, how do I split that up? Or, you know, what do I, there's three siblings, I think. What do, what do I, how do I divide this? How do I, what's the best for us? I think the first important question would be, 
because some people will be listening to this and think, well, maybe this is a younger person asking the question or it's older. I, I don't really think that's a relevant question, the age of the person asking the question, because these concerns are going to be pretty much universal, regardless whether you're 30 years old or 60 years old inheriting this money. Right, because you have to divvy it up between so three of you. So it's going to go equally among the three. Correct. And we had, I think you said 150000 in cash? 150000 in checking cash, yep. Yep, 150 um, in home equity. Yep, 150 in home equity, and then 200 in a 401k. Okay, so we got 150, 150, 200. 200. So we got mm-hmm. 500 grand. Yes. And so if it, in a perfect world, 500000 it should be split equally. That'd be... 170, 167, I think is the actual Whatever. number. Yeah. Okay. And what did the, you know, we, we chose this because there was a pretty bad answer. What was the answer the host in that show gave? Um, the host said, well, you should just have your siblings, you know, you should disinherit yourself from the house and the 401k and just take the 150,000 in the checking. Right. Because the if I remember correctly, the... The checking account was actually left directly to her. And then mom, who had passed, said, but, you know, right, Andriana or whatever, the, you know, Brittany, please mm. split this up between your brothers and sisters. Correct. Yeah. I think she was like a name on the checking account just so mm-hmm. she could help her mom out while she was going through cancer. But so a couple of things with that. I hear all the times where a client will put one of their children on their checking account. This is a bad idea. Um, when I first got in this business. I met with a couple, they were a GM retiree, and they had good pensions, good Social Security, I think probably a household income about seven or $8,000 a month. Mm-hmm. They were living in this little tiny dank, well, maybe not dank, it was nice, it was clean apartment though. Now, I was new at this, and so when they were sharing with me, they had pretty much nothing in savings and checking, nothing in 401ks, not, you know, no money. And they, you know, it's not like I saw a big house, nice cars. And I, I've always been kind of blunt, this may not surprise you. No. <laughs> And so I looked at them and I said, I, I don't get it. And they said, what do you mean? I said, you've got good income. It doesn't look like you spend extravagantly. I don't see a big car or RV. You you just have this one apartment. There's not a boat. Is there a boat? Because boats are cool. I liked boats even back then. Because it's okay if you spent a lot of money on a boat. See, it is. And I now have Sarcasm. This. It's not sarcasm. And I have it on tape now. Ha! Mitch, please go ahead and capture that for me. Anyway, they had nothing. And I said... You're either lying to me about the income, which is okay. Just tell me you're lying to me and I can go pack sand and leave. Or you're lying to me about the assets. And the wife tears up. She looks at me and she goes, we didn't tell you about something. I go, what? And she said, we put our, I'm giving you an extreme example of this, but it's, it shaped me forever. She said, we put our kids or our one son on our checking account. And this was on the east side of the state. So they don't get the snow that we get. And she said, and, and this is mom's story, but she said, our son was a VP of something, and he left a holiday party. He had three drinks, but he hit a patch of black ice. He slid through the stop sign. He hit a family, and a few of them, I don't remember now, it's been 10 plus years, some of them died, and they sued us. They sued him, civil court. And his name was on their checking account. Yeah, the judge didn't just go, hey, you know what, guys, I see what you were doing here. Mom, dad... You wanted to put son's name on the account to avoid probate. Is that correct? Yes, Your Honor. Oh, these don't count then because hey, you were just trying to sidestep the government. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a judge. I, I like that. No, they didn't do that. And then 
one mistake leads to another. So they lose whatever, half of it, right? Right. Half of the life savings. And he was on anything he could be. And then they spent their other dollars fighting the appeal to get the other dollars back. back. So I know that's not what the question was. The The problem with the advice that this girl got from a radio host was that she should disinherit herself out of the other money, keep the cash, right? Keep right. the cash. Yep. And then give brother and sister the other dollars. Um, Here's the thing. Does death ever bring a family together? No. You know what I've seen from working with so many people where somebody passes, so many beneficiaries, is that the moment mom or dad dies, and probably more specifically the moment the second dies, if dad's out of the picture, dad died a long time ago, or he's just out of the picture, I don't know, because they made it seem like this was, you know, the big deal was mom here, right? It's not going right. to dad. Yep. So it's coming to them. When that second parent dies or that main parent dies, kids, adults become kids again. The 50-year-olds become the 18-year-old snotty. And they fight over stuff. Stupid stuff. I mean, my mom and my aunt are already putting names on my grandparents' stuff. <laughs> I get the clock. I wonder if I can put my name on like this random spoon that has no bearing on it. I, I get this spoon. See this one? Mine. Spoon. Me. <laughs> Aunt Cheryl would kill you. Not even blood, but I get this spoon. Yes. But you know, we make a joke here and it does bring us back though when somebody dies. It brings us back to our teenage, immature, turd self. Right. Um, we spent a little bit longer. Let's go ahead and come back. When we come back, Let's go over this question again. I want to talk about some of the um, problems by disinheriting ourselves. There's a huge tax issue here that we haven't even discussed yet. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call Legacy Financial Network. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Okay, and welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of your favorite financial radio show. I do wonder at this point, I've heard another show locally that they say they're the longest running radio show in West Michigan. I wonder if we're the biggest reaching local show. I know that, you know, Hannity, well, that's not finance. Dave Ramsey probably has a bigger audience reach for now. <clears throat> anyway, second segment. Before the break, we were discussing, um, it was somebody who had called in that you had heard. Um, they called in, they had $150,000 in cash. They had $150,000 in home equity yes. and $200,000 in a 401k. The cash right. was left to... That they're being left from their mother. Yes, who had just passed. The cash was left solely to one person. Mm -hmm. And mom had said, split this up between your brothers and sisters. And then you each, you know, each get a third of the checking. Each right. get a third of the home. Each get a third of the 401k. Correct. All right. So a couple things that happens here. She was going to just divvy this up between her brothers and sisters. And ask this person what she should do with her 50000 Yeah. and Right. That's what that I, was pretty much her question. I don't think what do I do with got, the 50K? And that answer never even got... No. You know, the question never got answered. And I don't know that we're going to answer that question either. I want to go more into the bad advice this person got. See, we have this weird... You got to be careful where you're getting advice from. 
We have a weird quirk in our industry that says if you're not licensed, you can't be regulated. That would be like, you know, growing up, every Christmas, my, my dad had some really weird friends. And every Christmas, there was this one guy, he was a pilot. And I don't know why he would brag about this, that he didn't have a pilot's license. And I grew up kind of in a farming community. And people would ask him, well, what what are you going to do? I mean, eventually, and this is pre-9-11, obviously. But what are you going to do? I mean, what if they pull you over? They can't really pull you over in the skies. And he goes, what are they going to do, though? Take away my license? And so he was really proud of that. He's, you know, you can't do anything to me. I don't have a license. Our industry works the same way. In the 1980s, there was a lawsuit. I won't bore you guys with the details, but there was an advisor who was a really... Bad person. He did the bad stuff. He was like a Madoff way back in the day. And so the SEC takes his license, as they should. They put him in jail, as they should. In jail, he kind of has this awakening going, Kyle, I was kind of good at this stuff, and I liked it, and people liked me doing it. Right. And so he comes up with this brilliant idea in his mind. He's going to write a newsletter. And this newsletter, um, maybe people writing in, like, we'll use you, Vanessa writes in and says, I've got these shares of Ford stock. What do I do? Should I keep them? Should I buy more? What should I do? And when this guy writes back to his, his name was Chris. When Chris writes back to you and says, dear Vanessa, here's what you should do with your Ford stock. It wasn't classified. He thought, well, I'm not giving financial advice because I'm, I'm not really answering Vanessa. I'm answering everybody. Right. And the SEC, what do you think they thought? He's not licensed, so we can't do anything no, about it? No, this is back. So the SEC says, wait a minute, dude. We kicked you out. Stay out. So the SEC sues him. They take him to court, right? And the original judge, what would that be? District level, maybe? I have no idea. District level says, uh-uh, you're done. Come on. You're you're kind, you're a bad person, at least with finances. Get out of here. And so what's he do? Why are we... How, how he had the money to do this? It's sitting in prison, I don't know. Maybe we give a few too many rights to prisoners, but that's a totally different conversation to have. And so he goes to appellate court. The appellate court judge agrees with him. Goes all the way to the Supreme Court. Guess what the Supreme Court rules? Freedom of, of speech. Yeah. Isn't that isn't is. that a hot topic issue? People are like, no, Mike, don't go that route right now. But bottom line, it's important. It is. I know you're saying know. get back on topic. But we got this thing in our industry that if you're not licensed, you can't be regulated. Always Ask how somebody's licensed. Google is an easy tool. You hear a radio show guy? Michael Markey. Look up license. It's easy. But anyway, so this guy or gal, I don't want to give anything away. So this host tells our caller to disinherit herself of the other dollars, keep the 150, give the other 300 basically right. to brother and sister. Couple problems here. One, cash is tax free. Correct. The house is tax-free too, by the way. There's something called a stepped-up cost basis. What that means is if that house was worth 600000 at the point, at the day of mom's death, since the kids inherited it through the estate, if they sell it at 600000 they don't pay any tax. If they sell it at six fifty because they wait nine months... They pay taxes on the fifty. Correct. So stepped-up cost basis. So the house is going to be largely also tax-free. But there's costs associated with carrying the house. You know, there's property tax, there's utilities, it's got to be emptied, it's probably got to be paid, painted, new carpet. You know, we, we always have this belief, well, my parents' house was perfect. Mm. Mm, yeah. You know, who, who, who covers that bill? Do we take it out of the 401k dollars? And there's the big tax surprise that's not there. The 401k is 100% taxable. 100% 
taxable. Now, let's just imagine, this host didn't go into it with this depth, but let's imagine that the first kid, the caller, gets the 150 in cash. To make things simple, the second kid gets the 150,000 for the house. From the house. And then they go, hey, these are tax free. They didn't think this far ahead, but these are tax free, so we'll give you the other 200. And that third kid takes the 200, takes in cash. And let's just say they had a household income of 60 grand. Mm-hmm. That 200,000 becomes all income in the one year. Correct. That's $260,000 of adjusted gross income. Now you owe the extra Obamacare tax. I think that's 3.8%. It's one of the few taxes that's not progressive. Now what that means, because that's thrown a lot around a lot, progressive means um, you only pay tax on the dollars you went above that threshold. So the Obamacare tax is 250. So if we got 260,000 of income, progressive would mean you'd owe that 3.8% on the 10 grand. Right. Not progressive. It's one of the few tax rules that works this way. It goes back to dollar one. So they're getting jacked on all 260. Then they're going to be in the either the 33 or the 39.6. I think it's the 39.6, but kind of splitting hairs here. You're in the mid 30% federal tax bracket. If you're in the state of Michigan, you're paying another four and a quarter. Four and a quarter, let's call it five so we can do it in our head. Call it 35, that's 40. 3.8, we're at 43.8%. Call it 45, half, boom, gone. That kid is ticked off. Correct. And what if they don't even realize it when this happens? So we got we got kid number one, got the 150. No big deal, I'm walking away with 150. And thankfully that person called in to ask what should he do with it. But the, here's the reality. Almost all inheritance are spent within about six to nine months. So nine months later, money gone. Right. Now we got the second kid. They get it. What happens? Spent it. Gone. And maybe they paid off the house. Maybe they paid off credit cards of which they'll have again in a year. So good call there. Now the third one. Do they know about the tax consequence right now? No. No. Like everybody. they Spend it. Gone. (laughs) We've got the... (laughs) We got the tax filing date of April 15th, so that means they go to their H&R Block person, what, April 10th? Correct. On April 10th, they find out, well, you, hey, by the way, you got 200 but you owe 87000 in taxes. They've already spent, spent it. it. It's already gone. There you go. And so now, though, we're in the middle of April, and they go back to brother and sister, go, guys, I got the raw end of this deal. I owe nine, you know, 87, 90 grand of taxes, we should split that. That'd be fair, wouldn't it? Sorry, ours is all gone. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah, wah. Because they got bad advice. They got advice from somebody who wasn't licensed to give it. They got advice from somebody who doesn't specialize in retirement planning. They got advice from somebody who that might, you know, it was, that advice was 90% right. It made a lot of common sense. And that advice that that person gave her was you can't just give 50000 to each one of your brothers and sisters because there's a gifting tax. That advice was right, but then the rest screwed it all up. Correct. A lot of you listening right now kind of feel the same way. If all the conversations you're having right now with your financial advisor or that firm is about rate of return, then you need to check us out. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to go to one of our workshops. They're at libraries for a purpose. We're not going to give you a big expensive steak. I would love to because I love steak. Actually, I might have some lamb today. It's going to be good. Lamb, red wine, hummus, great. But we're not going to give that to you because the information we actually give you is worthwhile and helpful. 
If you want somebody to give you a hard close and try to sell you something, go to a timeshare meeting or go to one of those places that offer you, you know, a nice dinner at Ruth Chris. If you want somebody to actually teach you and help you, go to somebody who does it at a at a library and focuses on social security, focuses on taxes, focuses on things that can actually help you. We're not gonna give you fake answers, we're gonna give you real answers. Go online at www.legacyfinancialnetwork.com. It's legacyfinancialnetwork.com. You can sign up right there or give our staff a call, 616-589-4004. It's 589-4004. Talk to a real person, leave a message if they don't answer because we'll call you back. Imagine that, we'll actually call you back and we'll get you signed up. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. All right, and welcome back to the last segment. I'm sorry, but it is the last segment, and... We're honored to be with you, and we're sad that we're leaving you, just for today. We are back, I think, next week. We'll see if we get our contracts back after this show. After your rambling tangent from the last segment. Which, by the way, I did have somebody take the time to reach out to me. Peter Pan Peanut Butter is a brand name. I actually got two people to share that with me. Excuse me. We ate Jif. I didn't. I had like the Spartan. Meyer brand? No, we got Spartan brand. And some people don't know this story, but I had Spartan brand growing up, and I grew up just outside of East Lansing. Grew up a Michigan fan, and I thought we had Spartan brand food because we were close to East Lansing. I figured if you were close to Ann Arbor, you had Wolverine brand food. And I was always kind of a little upset that why didn't we drive to Ann Arbor to go get Wolverine brand food? Because that's just the way I was raised, <laughs> grew up. But you know what really grinds my gears? Yeah. No. <laughs> What really grinds my gears is the way we market financial services and products to people. I know that I have promised you that I will stop yelling at the TV and that if I can't stop yelling at the radio, I'll turn it off. Lies. I'm working on it. No, you're not. I think I am. No, you're not. Okay, here's the deal. Let's stay focused, right? Last segment. Yep. I was watching an E-Trade commercial. And you got this big dopey guy. He's on this big boat. They find 50 of the most beautiful people on earth. How they found all 50, they did. And they're like, boom, we're going to put them on the front of this guy's boat. Huge boat going like 50 miles an hour. And he's bopping, bopping around with music. And they jumps off the back. He was steering the boat, jumps off the back of the boat while it's in gear. And then it goes to a black screen. It goes, that's right. The dumbest guy in your high school class just bought a boat. Don't get angry. Invest. And then it said the firm's name. You know, and I thought of that because you and I were listening to a radio show this morning. Mm-hmm. And that radio show's intro, what'd they do? What'd they focus on? Do you want to get big vacations or a vacation rental or blah, blah, blah? Yeah, do you want the big vacation or house? Or vacation house, excuse me. Yeah, and, and we can make all your financial dreams come true. I know it's more provocative to say you're right here, but we can get you over here. You're middle class, but we can make you upper class. 
you're a peasant, but we can make you king. I get Yay. it. Right. We still, as an industry, focus on this. I find that we focus on two things. Primal mm, motivators. Fear, greed. When people want to get you to invest, what do they do? They talk about rate of return. Well, an 8% compounded annual growth rate, blah, blah, blah. You'll be a millionaire in 22 years. We still try to motivate people to save and invest based so on... So they can get stuff. Right. But here's the thing. We then motivate you to do this based on rate of return. And I've been thinking about something. Satisfaction as a consumer. I, I'm probably oversimplifying this, but as a consumer... You're either satisfied or dissatisfied, right? Right. And satisfaction comes when experience meets expectation. And so when, let me ask it this way. If you expect a 2 to 3% rate of return, mm-hmm. and you experience a 2% or 3% rate of return, you expect it and you get it, will you be more or less satisfied than the person who expected a 5 to 6% rate of return but only got 4? Let me say it again because I say it quick. If you expect 2 to 3 and you get two or three, will you be more satisfied or less satisfied than the person who expected five to six, but only got four? More satisfied. Even if it's the same product. See, our industry says no. Traditional finance says, "Uh uh-uh. People are smarter than this. That it doesn't matter what you expect, that if you get four and your neighbor got three, you're more happy because you got four. Yeah, but you already told me that I was gonna get five or six, so why didn't I get five or six? Exactly. The other thing we heard, they were talking about life insurance, and they said the metric. There's a typical metric with life insurance, and we're not going to have a big life insurance conversation, but a typical metric with life insurance have 10 times worth of income. And then, what what was it? They you're, You remember this probably better than I do. They, um, what'd they, go, they went on a rant about this. It was something about 10 times your income gives you 10 years of support for your spouse or whatever, and... Blah, 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 blah. And then what are they going to do after that 10 years? What are they going to do? They're going to have to get remarried or they're going to, you know, they're going to not be able to live because they don't have your income. They said that. They go, do you want your wife to have to remarry some other man just because you only left her with 10 years of income? So we both looked at each other. We go, we yell at the the radio. We go, or Or get get a job. job. I mean, I don't want you to get remarried just because I didn't leave you enough money, but... I don't expect you to be mourning me for 10, ten. years. You'll I'm be lucky, lucky if it's you get five months. <laughs> well, you, you're going to have a lot of time to mourn when you're in prison when they find the arsenic in my blood. Yeah, well, <laughs> then I'm not going to get the life insurance, so I'm in trouble. <laughs> You'll really be mourning. You're going to have to get remarried to Bubba or whatever they would be. And I guess you wouldn't be in a men's. You might. You're kind of mean. Anyway, <laughs> I want to end it on this scope of focus. While listening to some of these shows, the one said, they brought on this person within their office. They go, this is a guy that works with our millennials. Because he's our millennial. Yeah. And then I I was watching this um, Sonic commercial. The dude called himself a, he goes, I'm not a millennial, I'm a perennial. And he goes, what's that mean? He goes, well, pretty much everyone thinks I'm dead and I pop right back up. (laughs) But how is it that you can be an expert with retirement planning? And then you can be an expert with the people who want to live in the tiny home with 200 square feet. And who think everything's unfair, who doesn't, the the population of our country, who don't realize they can make differences by voting, but instead they're going to put a tent on Wall Street. You're you're telling me your firm is an expert helping these idiots putting tents on Wall Street and the same people who are 10 years into retirement? Seriously? I guess you guys are just that good. You can be great to everybody. Of course you can. 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. If it's your retirement savings, I don't believe that you should be working with a general practitioner. Somebody working with 30-year-olds and 70-year-olds, that's what I call a general practitioner. Good at everything, great at nothing. That's Maybe kinda, not even good at everything. I thought I was being kind of harsh, and then you just took it a step further. I had to lighten it up a little bit. You kind of went on a tight As I said, rate. not that nice. Anyway, retirement, something that took you 30 or 40 years to put money aside for, you should be working with somebody that that's all they do. I'm a little biased to that, obviously, but that's my belief. And I'm going to remind everybody again, because I'm, I really believe that we can help. Go to one of our workshops. We hold them each month. We, I think we do more than anybody else. We do almost 100 a year because it's fun. It is, it is exciting, but because people need help when it comes to social security. You need help changing our focus with money. Money doesn't have meaning. It only has purpose to give or spend. So if you can accomplish your spending and gifting goals and do so with less risk, why aren't you? This sounds different. Go online, legacyfinancialnetwork.com. Sign up. Call us, 616-589-4004. Ask one of the staff members that answer. Get me signed up! (laughs) Anyway, until next week, we are your hosts. It's a pleasure to be with you, and God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.